Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. We've been talking about wisdom and and the leadership of the Spirit, so I want to dive right into this as it relates to wisdom, the principal thing. Uh, We've been talking about the leadership of the spirit in life of in the life of the believer. And I want to kind of look at some things as it relates to wisdom. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to be reading out of three translations, the King James version, as well as the Christian standard version in the ESV English standard version. All right. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to Proverbs chapter four, Proverbs chapter four, verses five and nine. Proverbs chapter four, Proverbs chapter four, verses five and nine. We're talking about wisdom, the principal thing. I'm reading out of the King James Version. It says this, get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, she shall preserve thee, love her and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. With all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou does embrace her. She shall give thine head an ornament of grace and a crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. So as we can see, wisdom is the principal thing. So I looked up the word principal. It simply means first in place, first in time, order, rank, the beginning, the chief, the first, the best, the highest of anything, the best of or the most excellent. The, it, one, translate, one definition is the best of spoil. So wisdom has to be first in your life if you're going to win in life. Wisdom has to be first in your life if you're going to win in life. If you're going to overcome in life, you must seek and obtain the wisdom of God. God's wisdom is higher and better. It will pull you out of any situation with the rope of his grace. Many don't pray for wisdom. And if they do pray, they they don't receive the wisdom or don't act upon it. God is not in the business. Listen to this. God is not in the business of wasting his wisdom on people who don't apply it. God is not in the business of wasting his wisdom on people who won't apply it. So we're going to talk about wisdom. There are at least two types of wisdom in the Bible. There's the wisdom that is from above, and there's the wisdom of the earth. Actually, it's three types of wisdom, and there's wisdom that is demonic. All right? And so today I'm going to focus on the wisdom that is above, the wisdom that comes from God, the wisdom of God. Now, last week we talked about that there should be a difference between the believer and the non-believer. And I, I do have a question for you. Do you see a difference in your life than those who aren't walking with the Lord? There should be a difference in your life than from the unbeliever. 
Am I saying that you are better? Absolutely not. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that as believers that we're better than unbelievers. What I am saying is that the believer has the advantage that the unbeliever does not. And this advantage is having the wisdom of God, having the leadership of the spirit, having the name of Jesus, having the ability to pray, pray in other tongues, the ability to to confess the word, the ability to um, use the blood of Jesus. And so we should have an advantage over the unbeliever. There should be a difference in our lives than it is with unbelievers. Unfortunately, most Christians that I know, you can't really tell the difference between the belief, them and the unbeliever. You only see, you see similar, you know, and they may pray a little bit more or they may even, um, you know, and I've seen some unbelievers that maybe have their life more in order than the believer. Should this be? Absolutely not. We should have, we, we, our father, Father God is a God of order and he's a God that will prosper and a God that will heal. And not only should we believe in healing, we should believe in divine health. That means walking in the health of God. We should believe in divine prosperity, walking in the provision of God. There should be no lack. And even as the Psalm says, Psalm 23, verse one, it says, the Lord is our shepherd, is my shepherd. I shall not want, I shall not lack. There should not be any lack in the believer. Even in Colossians, it says that um, that we are complete in him. Am I saying that there are believers who are, aren't, aren't, are experiencing lack? I'm sure, yeah, there are plenty of believers who are experiencing lack. But because the Lord is our shepherd, we should not have any lack. Even in the midst of what it looks like lack, we don't have lack because we have the Lord. The Lord is enough. He is sufficient. And so um, I have a scripture out of Exodus. So if you have your Bible, go with me to Exodus. Exodus. Now this is Old Testament. And Exodus, Moses said some things to the Lord when he was on the mountain. And I think that it it bears repetition for us to hear this. And this is what I was saying a little bit about last week from Malachi and first Peter, that there should be a difference in our lives as opposed to the unbeliever. We should, we should see a difference. We should live a more holy life. Not that we are holier than thou, but our lives should be set. The word holy just simply means to be set apart. So we should be set apart and there should be a difference. We should be getting our prayers answered and so forth. So Exodus chapter 33, verses 16 and 17. Exodus 33, verses 16 and 17. It says, for how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight? I and your people, is it not in your going with us? so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth. 17, and the Lord said to Moses, and this very thing that you have spoken, I will do, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. So God knows us by name. Does he know the unbeliever by name? He absolutely does. But this scripture tells us that there should be a distinction between us and the rest of the people of the earth. That's what Moses was praying concerning the, pe the children of Israel. He says, 
Lord, for how shall I have, how shall it be known that I found favor in your sight? As Christians, we have found favor in the sight of God through Christ as Christians. And so we should have the favor. The favor of God makes the difference. Um, I remember a sermon, and I believe he wrote a book about it. It's Bishop Jakes. He wrote a book about favor ain't fair, or he, he did a message called favor ain't fair. And so, and then he also did a message that was prolific. If you can find it on the internet, I, 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 t- I tell you to get it. It's called, Can You Stand to Be Blessed? Between those two messages, they will mess you up for life in a good sense. And as you think, as we think about the favor of God, the favor of God isn't fair. It isn't fair. Fair. Whereas other people are being laid off and you're still having, you still got your job. Whereas, you know, there should be, we have as Christians, we have the blessing of the Lord upon us. The blessing. The Bible says in Proverbs, the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow with it. And so God's blessing is upon our lives. God's blessing is upon us. The, even as Joseph had that cloth or that garment, that, that wonderful garment and um, of different colors, that's what we have as believers. We have that blessing on us. And so wherever we go, there should be a distinction. Even when people don't, even when people don't like us, they can't help but like us. Because the Bible says that when the man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies at peace with him. There are people who can, may not can stand you, but because of the favor of God, they'll go out of their way and they'll bless you. <laughs> now, that's enough to shout on. And so here's Moses. Moses is saying, he said, he's saying this in verse 33. Verse 16, for how shall it be known that I found favor in your sight? I and your people, is it not in our going, you're going with us so that we are distinct? Are we distinct? I and your people from every other people on the face of the earth. So Moses expected for there to be a difference between the believer and the unbeliever, the Christian and the non-Christian, the saved and the unsaved, the light and the darkness, Christ and the devil. There should be a difference between us and the world. Once again, Pastor Duane is not saying that the Christian is better, but what I am saying that we are carriers of the glory of Christ. There aren't a lot of people in the world that has to have this glory. The believer is carriers. We carry the glory of God with us. And for those who are not sure about this, if you have your Bibles, go with me to Colossians. Colossians. Colossians gives us insight into this glory. Colossians. Colossians chapter two, Colossians. Actually, it's actually Colossians chapter one, verse 27. It says, God wanted to make known among the Gentiles the glorious wealth of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. 
So what, 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 what is it that the believer has? The believer has this hope of glory. Now that word hope, um, it says Christ in you, the hope of glory, simply means the living reality of the presence of God in us. The living reality of the presence of God inside of us. And so that's what we have. That's what we have that the world doesn't have. We are carriers of the glory of Christ. We are, come on, say that with me. I am a carrier of the glory of Christ. I'm a carrier of his presence. No longer does God's presence stays in a building made with human hands, but now we are the temples of the Holy Spirit and God dwells in us. And when you and I become more God-conscious, God-inside-minded, then we'll begin to experience life the way that he designed it to be. Designed it to be. And so we are carriers of the glory of Christ. So today we're talking about wisdom, the principal thing, the first thing, the, the first ranking of things, the first of importance. Wisdom is extremely important. And I'm talking about the wisdom. There is an earthly wisdom, but and there is a demonic wisdom, but I'm talking about the wisdom of God. Now the Lord, and so in this message, I want to try to answer these four questions. What is wisdom? Many times you may hear the word wisdom and it tells you how to, where does wisdom begin? Wisdom, what is wisdom? What is this wisdom of God that I'm talking about? And where does it come from? Where does wisdom come from? And how can we obtain it? And why is it necessary? I'm going to probably um, answer two of those questions and then we'll answer the other two next week. So what is wisdom and how to obtain it? How to attain it. Now, the Lord promised to lead his children. Children of God can expect to be led by the Holy Spirit. Children of God can expect to be led by the Holy Spirit. But this is what happens when we talk about being led by the Spirit of God. People that the people that I know will often say, the Lord spoke to me, right? And and it gives the connotation that they're actually hearing a voice, an audible voice. We're not to seek voices. Sometimes people talk about the voice of the Lord and there is the voice of the Lord, but we're not to seek voices. Nowhere in the New Testament does it tell us to seek voices. We're to seek his guidance, in his leadership, and the way that he's going to lead us, the number one way in which God leads his children, it is through his word. So you have 66 books that makes one book, make up one book. God leads us through his word. So you can say like the late John Osteen, this is my Bible, <laughs> And if you want to hear from God, you got to open the Bible and read it. And unfortunately, people aren't seeking voices. They're seeking prophecies. They're seeking a word from God. But if you'll get in the word, the word, you'll have a word for your life. And so the number one way in which God leads us is through his word. So the more word that you know, 
the more you'll know his voice. How can you distinguish or discern a voice of God if you haven't heard or know the word of God? And so many times people want to have details to their lives when God has given us the overarching will of God in his word. So take time to digest the scriptures. I, I thought I had here, there is a Bible reading plan that the church is doing. This Bible reading plan right here. And it is a five-day Bible reading plan. If you need that, email me at pd at kingdomlivingnj.org, pd at kingdomlivingnj.org. I will send you a link to this. This is a way in which we can read and be accountable. And we do, we've done this for years and years and years. And I'm telling you that if you want to know the leadership of the spirit and you want the wisdom of God, you got to take time to read the, read the Bible. You need a program. Most of us, I say probably not 98% of us need a program to be accountable. And this will help you Monday through Friday. You can read the entire Bible. And I believe you read the New Testament twice, Monday through Friday reading it. And if you skip a day or miss a day, you can make it up on the weekend. So if you need that, make sure you email that to email me and I'll get that to you. But I'm telling you that you cannot expect to be led by the spirit of God if you're not spending time in the word, because how can you distinguish between your thoughts and the leadership of the spirit, as well as the enemy grabbing hold of your mind? All right. So the believer, the children of God, the child of God can expect to be led by the Holy Spirit. So the number one way in which God leads us is through the word of God. The second way in which God leads us is through the inner witness. We will explore that a little bit more in the next few weeks, the inner witness. But today I'm going to focus on the wisdom of God. A third way in which the Lord will lead his children is through wisdom. It's wisdom. And I want to, I want to kind of go ham on wisdom. I want to talk about wisdom a little bit more. And I, I gave you a homework, a homework assignment last week. And the homework assignment was to look up 20 scriptures dealing with the wisdom of God, 20 scriptures. So who, tell me who did that? Who, 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 have the 20 scriptures. If you have that, I want you to take a picture. If you read it, if you wrote that down or you got it on your smartphone, take a picture and tag Kingdom Living NJ, whether on your so on any of your social media platforms. Instagram, take a picture of, of those 20 scriptures and tag and tag Kingdom Living Ministries NJ or you know, tag us somehow so that we can see that you did the homework. Because you need to find scriptures that promise us wisdom or the wisdom, something dealing with the wisdom of God. So I'm going to focus on this area about wisdom. Now, there are things that we don't have to pray about because God has already given us the answer for what we're, what, what we're looking for, right? So many times people will pray for something that God has already revealed in his word. I'm going to give you some examples. And I, I used this, I said this last week. I, I gave a few examples of this last week. And so um, so this is what um, I said last week. For example, <laughs> this is, it, 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 it would amaze you 
what people do as far as praying for stuff that God has already told us to. One is honesty or integrity. So sometimes people will say, well, let me, I need to pray about whether or not to be honest. Well, the Bible says the integrity of the upright shall guide them. And so you need to just be a person who tells the truth and walk in integrity. So you don't have to pray about being a, a person of integrity. Believe it or not, there are people who will pray about whether or not to tell this lie or not. All right. Um, the next one is forgiveness. Forgiveness. You don't have to pray about forgiving someone. I'm not telling you that you have to trust them, but you don't have to, you don't have to pray about forgiving them. You don't have to get a devil of unforgiveness cast out of you. No such devil. There's no such devil. Listen, the Bible says forgive. You know, even as God has forgave us through Christ. So forgive. You don't have to pray about forgiving someone. You have to pray. You may have to pray, say, Lord, maybe help me to forgive them. But you you can forgive them. If God, God never tells us to do something that he has not given us the ability to do it. So you don't have to pray about forgiving someone. Another one is about working. You don't have to pray about working. The, you, know, uh, you know, of course, you have to seek God about which direction, which job to take and so forth. But you don't have to pray about whether or not you should work, um, whether it's, you know, whether you retired or not. I'm not saying that everybody has to be in the, the secular work field, but, but you, you have to work. That's part of our makeup. That's part of our makeup as it relates to work. God created us to work. And so, so you don't have to pray. The Bible says that if a person doesn't work, don't feed them or they shouldn't eat because God will use hunger to motivate a person to work. And so you should, you should be working. Um, if you're retired, you should be working. There's something that you should be doing. Everybody, listen, if you're retired or disabled, God did not call you to sit down and look at your television all day. I said that. God did not call you to watch television all day. We have our wonderful shows. You know, you may, I'm not saying you can't binge watch, but what I'm saying, don't waste your life watching television. One of the things that Dr. Miles Moreau said prior to him leaving to this earth, he says, don't waste another day watching television. There's books that you can be reading. There's books that you could be writing. <laughs> um, there, there are relationships that you can be establishing or reestablishing. There are ways in which you can minister. You know, so don't waste your life. Watch, and I'm, I'm not against television. Like I said, I watch television. I have Netflix for the next 27 days. I'm cutting that joker off. But you can watch television don't just, but don't spend the bulk of your time, your life watching television or on the social media because you don't want to waste your life. Don't waste your life on Instagram looking at people. And sometimes I, I see this, you know, you have they have couples on Instagram and they all hugged up and booed up. Don't be deceived because I'm going to tell you something from my experience. Most of those people that's a, that are booed up on Instagram got some major issues. So they need Instagram to validate their relationship. Yeah, I said it. They need Instagram 
to validate their relationships. And so they all boot up on television or, or social media trying to present something that isn't true. So most of the stuff that we see on television or, or on Instagram, social media, people put up a front. So don't waste your life looking through all the wonderful pictures that people post because most of it is just a mask. Most of it isn't real. And so I'm telling you, the successful marriages are not those who go around bragging about it. They just live it out. <laughs> those are successful marriages, not those who talk about how wonderful their marriages is. You know, they they never argue. I, I never heard, I heard a, a couple, and because y'all don't know the situation I could talk about, it, it was years ago. Um, they, they bragged about how they had this wonderful relationship. And years later, it came out that he was he was a cheater, adulteress, and, and sleeping with all these different women. He ended up, you know, just, I mean, and, 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 but, but if you looked at it from the outside, it looked like they had it going on as it relates to a relationship. So don't be deceived at what you see. And we're not to live by what we see. Those people who, who have to talk the most, the, the most about how wonderful their relationship, their relationship is, they're, they're probably got the most, the most problems. All right. I, I, I get away from that. I, I know I got caught up in that, but you don't have to pray about working. You need to be working. You don't have to pray about coming to church. Right now, this is not the time to come to church because of the pandemic, but you don't have to pray about looking at your church online. I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, God knows that we can't meet right now. So don't forsake the assembly of the believer. And the last is that I'm going to talk about is you don't have to pray about paying your tithes. All right. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. So the list goes on. If you will get in God's word, listen to this. This is wisdom. If you'll get in God's word, you'll know God's will for your life over the overarching will of God. What is it that God has called you to do overall? I mean, not specifically, but overall, you can talk, you, you can find in the scriptures about working, about loving sp your spouse, about raising your children. God tells you what to do. Um, if you and then if you will spend time daily in prayer, you'll know God's personal will for your life. So we have. I'm gonna take a look at the. Um, don't be fooled by those entanglements. Oh, that's a big, good one. Um, listen, you will know. You will know God's will for your life if you spend time prayer. So the first, the first. Priority is the word. So you got to spend time reading the Bible. All right. Get that plan. All right. Get that Bible reading plan. That's the first thing. The second thing is you got to have a prayer life. You got to spend some time in prayer. Now, people who normally brag, if they go around bragging about how much time they spend in prayer, I can almost guarantee you that they don't spend much time in prayer because the more you pray, the less you want to go around telling everybody you pray. I'm a man of prayer. I'm a woman of prayer. Listen, don't you have to tell, because if you're really praying, people will know that you've been in the presence of Jesus. So you don't have to tell people that you've read the Bible for eight hours or you prayed for 20 hours. Listen, it's going to show up in your life. So, if you if you want to know God's will for all all the pe all people all times, read the Bible, study the Bible, digest the Bible. Second, if you want know if you want to know God's will for your personal life, spend time praying daily. 
You got to spend time praying daily. Now, you need to pray in your native tongue, which for most of us is maybe or half of us or a significant a portion of us is English. Spend time praying in with your understanding. And then the other element is you need to spend some time praying in other tongues. Now, if you don't know how to speak in tongues, we'd be more than willing to pray with you. Email me at pd at kingdomlivingnj.org, pd at kingdomlivingnj.org. I'll send you some messages as well as a book um, that you can purchase on Amazon about praying in tongues and the importance of it. And then we'll pray with you concerning this and you too can speak in tongues. So speaking in tongues and praying with your understanding will help you daily, will help you to know God's will for your personal life. Now, I'm going to say something that that may be controversial, but I'm going to say this. It may get on your nerve. Listen to this. It should not take decades to figure out God's will for your life. It should not take decades to figure out God's will for your life. And if it does, you're doing something wrong. You're not listening to him. If you're reading the Bible and you're praying daily and you're around the people of God, you should know the will of God for your personal life. You should know your purpose. You should know why you exist. There is no way on God's green earth that if you spend enough time with him in his word and in prayer and around his people, that you should not have an inkling of what his will is for your life. As a, as a little boy, I knew my purpose in life. I knew what I was called to do. As a teenager, I knew the calling on my life. And I made a decision when everybody else was either getting a job after high school or going to traditional college I made a decision to go to Bible college. I was probably one in the whole entire school that I, at my high school that I knew of who decided to go to Bible college. Everybody else was going to get their different degrees. And I was going to a non-accredited Bible college at the time. I was moving halfway across the country and I, because I knew what was in my heart that God had called me to ministry and I wanted to pursue that. And that's just as a teenager, someone who prayed and read his Bible and loved being around the church. And I'm telling you, if you would just do those things, you should know God's will for your life. Now, if you don't know it, there's no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. But I'm going to this this teaching that I'm doing can help you know God's will for your life. If you sit there and, oh, God, what is your will? What is your will? What is your will? What is your will? There, there, there's something you're doing wrong. You Either he's leading you, trying to speak to you. See, sometimes people are waiting for a prophetic word and, and the prophetic word may come and it may not come. But I'm telling you, as you pray, as you spend time in the word, you should know God's will. All right. And this is the problem. People of God, listen to this. The problem isn't that God, the problem isn't that God isn't speaking to us. This is not the problem. The problem is that we're not listening to him. I'm going to say that again. The problem isn't that God isn't speaking to us or speaking today. The problem is that we're not listening to him. 
99.9% of us have heard from God about things that he wants us, wants us to do. And some of us have done nothing with it. 99.9% of us, I'm talking about believers, Christians, those who name the name of Jesus, they know what they're supposed to do in life. They know God has spoken to you concerning your calling, concerning your family, your singleness, your money. God has spoken to you of what to do. So don't sit back and say, I don't know what God's will is. You do know the will of God. I'm going to tell you something. The will of God is inside of your spirit. And if you spend time praying in other tongues, you spend time praying the word of God and reading the word, the wisdom of God will come to you where you can draw that plan out. I'm telling you that this, this plan of God is not some far fetch. And when we talk about your future looks great. It's not so much so far in the future. The plan of God is inside of us and we know what to do. What scripture you have, Pastor Dwayne? I'm glad you asked. First John, go over there. First John chapter two. First John chapter two. Let's look at verse 20. First John chapter two. I'm reading out of the KJV. First John chapter two. Now, first John was not on my list to, to look at. First John chapter two, verse 20, it says, but you have an, an unction or an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. So each one of us have received an anointing. When we got born again, the Spirit of God came inside of us. And when we got filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in other tongues, the Spirit of God came upon us for service. You have received, first John chapter two, verse 20, you have received an, an anointing or an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things, because you, but you know what to do. And I'm going to say this, fasting is good, and you should fast, but it should not take you 40 days to pray and fast to hear from God. You can hear from God in a matter of a couple of days. If there's a situation in your life, you need some clear direction. If you've been praying and reading the word all along, a couple of days of fasting will shut your flesh down where you can hear from God. Because what fasting does, it suppresses or crucifies your flesh where your spirit can receive from God. God has already spoken and is speaking. It's just that we're not, our attendants are not up to hear and to receive. So once again, 99% of us, 99.9% of us have heard from God about things, about what to do, about situations. It, it, and the thing about it, it may be that that is not the answer that we want to hear. It's not the it's not that God isn't speaking or has not spoken to you. It's just that you might not have wanted to hear what you heard, and that's the big problem. The problem is not hearing from God. The problem is not being obedient to what we what we hear. At one point, the Lord. The Lord at times would tell you about yourself and he would tell you the sin, your sin issues. Yeah, yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll point out things in your life. I'll say that's wrong and that's wrong. And the way you answer your spouse, the way you look at yourself is wrong. The way you deal with your boss or, or your schoolwork or, or the way you, you know, he, he will speak to you. Some things that God has spoken to your spirit, you don't have to pray about. 
um, that, that you you have a sense of what 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 you're supposed to do in life. You have a sense of 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 his leadership. Now you might need the wisdom of God to apply what you have heard. Right now, some of you all have been praying about something, but you already know the answer. Right now, some of y'all have already been praying about some things, but you already know the answer. So I want to do a survey real quick. I want you to give me a thumbs up or type something down on on where it says say something. Type something right down there and let me know, yes, that's me. God has already spoken to you about some things, but you haven't acted upon it. So I'm going to just do a survey. So tell me, tell me right now. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let me see. Is there anyone here who who want to be honest with Pastor Dwayne and say, that's me. God has spoken to me about something I have not acted on. Okay. I got one person that wants to be honest and real and, and, and a hundred. Okay. That's another, that's another. Okay, that's another one. Okay, go ahead. Give me a couple more. Give me three more. Three more people who are going to be honest and say, that's me. Okay, okay. I see you. All right. All right. The rest of y'all, come on. Come on, be honest with us. We, we are people of God. There's no judgment. So right now, God has already spoken about some things to you about doing some things, and you just have not acted upon it. Listen to this. As you pray about it, as you pray about a situation that God has already spoken to you, what's going to happen is it's going to float up. If I can use the word float, it's going to float up in your spirit to your mind. And what we have a tendency to do because of our sinful nature is we want to suppress it, ignore it and try to forget about it. Maybe God has spoken to you about going to an individual and asking for forgiveness. <laughs> but God, I forgive them. Oh, I Lord, I, I, I ask for forgiveness. And so I don't, but God sometimes will tell you to go to that person and tell you to ask for forgiveness or to confess your sins or to confess that you lied about something or to, you know, God is dealing with you and say, go make it right. And what we like to do is we like to put it off. You say, oh, no, nah, no, nah, that's, that's the devil. <laughs> I'm telling you, don't ignore that. It's clear as day. Many of us have heard from God, and we try to make it hard from hearing from God. It's easy. It's easy to get caught up with the things of God. It shouldn't take you forever to hear from God. What takes forever, or what it seems to be forever, is really that we're not acting upon what we've heard. In James, James chapter 1, verse 22 through 25, go ahead and take notes. It says, you are blessed not because you hear from God, but because you act upon what you've heard. And I'm going to tell you something, that don't be moved by people saying that they heard from God. It does not make you spiritual just because you heard from God. What makes us spiritual is us acting upon what we heard, being obedient to what we heard. Now, again, if you hear something or when I say hear, I'm talking about sensing in your spirit. I'm not talking about that you heard an audible voice. Now, you may God may speak to you in an audible voice, 
But I'm going to tell you, you should not you should not expect to hear audible voice. You may never hear God's audible voice until you go home to be with in glory. And I've been saved since I was four. And I'm telling you, I probably heard the audible voice of God twice, maybe twice in my life. And what you hear or what you sense will not contradict the word of God. So as you study the scripture, it is a safeguard to 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 really discern whether or not what you're hearing is really of God or not. All right. That said, um, James one talks about the, it's the it's the one who is a doer of the word that is blessed. It's not the person that hears from God that makes it's a spiritual person that's blessed, but it's the person that acts upon what they have heard. Sometimes you have to make hard decisions and it doesn't make sense to your mind, but on the inside of you, you know that this is the way to go. And so I'm going to tell you on the other side of that decision is the blessing of God. There's certain things that if you obey the small things, obey what God has spoken to you, that wisdom that has come to you and walk towards it, God is setting you up on the path. That path of obedience will end up in a in, in a, a, a city called Bless, in a city called Bless. And you're going to find out that sometimes God will lead you and it doesn't make sense to your mind. Now, that said, don't be flaky. Oh, God told me to give out my give my car away. Well, perhaps he did. But if you still have payments on the car, most likely he didn't tell you to give out somebody because you basically you don't own that car until you pay it off. So God's not going to tell you, hey, give the car away. You know, maybe maybe you tell it, okay, give the car away and 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 um pay the payments or something. But he's not going to tell you to give a car away that you still making payments on. Y- y'all understand me, right? So don't get flaky. But when I say sometimes God will lead you and it doesn't make sense to your mind when he tells you perhaps to tell you to invest in perhaps to say before this pandemic, he told you to invest in toilet paper. All right. And so you're in prayer one day and you kept hearing toilet paper. You're like, what is it? What is it about toilet paper? And you later on got a sense that you need to make some investments into toilet paper. Come to find out, bam, he knew the pandemic was coming. And next thing you know, you got a blessing because you obeyed that. That's just an example. Okay. If so, you remember Isaiah chapter one, verse 19, it simply says this, if you're willing and obedient, you should eat the good of the land. And so you have to be willing to hear what you don't want to hear. Sometimes, um, you know, you just don't want to hear it. Now, many times, we want God's best in our life, right? We want God's best. But if you don't if you don't give God your best, you won't have his best in your life. So what are you talking about, Pastor? We got to give him our best, all right? And so one of the ways in which we need to give him our best is our time, our time. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that you got to study the scriptures and pray all day, but we should not give God our leftovers, so if you work at night, like I do, get up a little bit earlier to spend time with God before you start your day. Or if you work regular hours, get up a little bit earlier to spend time with God before you start your day. I'm not saying that early or late or night at nighttime is your best, but you know your best time. All right. So what's the best? What what's the best of your day that you're not working per se at your job, but that you're alert? and that you can maximize your understanding, then that's the time that you should give to the Lord. I'm not talking about, well, some, some may say, well, my, my best time is when I'm at work. Okay, outside of that, what's your best time? Whether it's in the morning or at night, 
or whenever you're off, um, make sure that you're giving him your best and not the leftovers. Don't give God your leftovers as it relates to your free time. The second is give him your heart. Practice giving the Lord your heart. Stop giving your heart to everyone. Give it to God. I've heard someone recently say to me that they they love their loved ones so much more than they love the will of God. And I said to myself, I made a mental note. I said, that person is in a dangerous place. The best thing you can do for your loved ones is to give yourself fully over to the Lord. Spirit, soul, and body. It includes your mind, your emotions, um, every part of your being. So if you want to love your 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 loved ones the best, give yourself over to God, all right? The next is giving the Lord your mind. That means studying the scriptures, putting his mind in your heart, in your mind, putting his word in your heart, in your mind, fill your mind up with the word of God. The next is giving him your mouth. Put his word on your mouth. Spend time speaking his word. And last that I'm going to talk about, I said I was going to talk about it, Giving the Lord the best of your money, the best of your money. What do you mean, pastor? I mean, give him that tithe. The tithe belongs to him. That's 10% of your gross income. Give him a sacrificial offering. Um, It's a shame to see how many people refuse to honor the Lord with their money. I'm not telling you that. um, I'm telling you this. There are going to be people who are going to be weeping on that great day because they refuse to tithe. And when I'm talking about honoring the Lord, I'm talking about for real, giving him 10% of your, your, your income. I won't stop. Listen, it won't stop you from going to heaven if you don't tithe. Tithing is not a requirement to go to heaven, but it is a requirement to receive God's best here on the earth. And you are storing up treasures in heaven. So not only do, should you tithe, but you should also tithe in faith and give a sacrificial offering to the Lord. And I'm telling you, that's part of giving him your best. I know people don't like pastors to talk about money, but money is part of what we have. And let's think about it this way. When you think about the tithe, let's say most of us work 40 hours a week, right? For the most part, right? Well, you take 10% of that 40 hour and you put that in the basket. You're, you're, you're actually putting yourself in the basket, a portion of yourself, of your labor in the basket. And you're honoring the Lord with that. When I say in the basket, uh, you know, when you give through push pay or cash app and so forth. All right. I'm, I'm going to let you go soon. But here we go. The power. Frank, Brother Frank says the power of the tithe. Listen, what is wisdom? I'm glad you asked. What is wisdom? Wisdom is the principal thing. So God, one of the ways he's going to lead us, he's going to lead us through wisdom. Wisdom is, listen to this, knowledge is the what of, is the what, understanding is the why, and wisdom is the how and the when. Knowledge is the what, understanding is the why, and and wisdom is the how and the when. So this is the fundamental of what, why, how, and when of God's will. The what is the knowledge, understanding is the why, and wisdom is the how and the when. Now, as I looked up the word wisdom from our text, wisdom is the principal thing. As I looked that up, that word wisdom in the Hebrew uh, means to be intensely practical 
intensely practical. Also, it means to have insight, insight. So wisdom is having insight about a situation. Basically, wisdom is the art of being successful, of forming the correct plan to gain the desired result. It is it's forming the pr proper plan. It's, it's, it sits in the heart, the center of our moral and um, decision-making. Wisdom takes insight, gleaned from knowledge of God's ways and applies them in the daily walk. Wisdom takes insight gleaned from the knowledge of God's ways and applies those insights into the daily walk. The, wisdom is the ability to understand the will of God and to apply it cor cor correctly. Sometimes you can have the what of the, not the will of God, but not the wisdom of God. So we should probably spend more of our time with the how and the when of the will, the will of God more so than trying to figure out what the what of God is. If you read the Bible and spend time in prayer, you'll know what God wants you to do. Now it's just having the wisdom to walk it out. Now, natural wisdom, I'm gonna give you an example. Natural wisdom it, it is working hard and paying off your bills, right? Paying off your debt. But the wisdom of God is working hard, but applying your faith we're under the leadership of the spirit to pay off your debt. God can get you out of your debt quicker than your natural wisdom. Now, if you listen to Dave Ramsey um, and different uh, financial advisors, they can give you some natural wisdom of how to get out of debt, right? They tell you how, you know, maybe you need an extra job and so forth. But the wisdom of God will tell you how to get out of debt quicker, so you can do the natural and still get out of debt, or you can get God's wisdom, on his super on your natural, and he can speed up the process. So what might take you five years to get out of debt, the wisdom of God can get you out of debt in three years. So the wisdom of God will save you time, money, and even energy. So I want you to, pra I want you to practice this. I want you to practice Asking God for wisdom based on his scripture, based on his word. Believe that you receive the wisdom. It could be anything from how do I set up my, my house or how do I clean this house in uh, a record timing where I still have time to do what I need to do, you know, or how do I deal with a child that may be extremely active or God, give me wisdom on this job. Um, I'm dealing with a situation that may be um, a lot of hostility. God, give me wisdom in the midst of it. And God will give you wisdom. He'll help you do your job better. How many know that we can use some wisdom how to do our job better? God knows how to get your job done faster, smarter, and safer. So we can look to God for wisdom. And I'm telling you, if you'll practice this, if you practice the wisdom of God, receiving wisdom and walking it out, I mean, I'm telling you, you'll pray, say, God, give me wisdom, and, you, and you, you'll you believe you receive. Like, for example, I, I often if I misplace something, if I misplace a book or I misplace a, you know, something I'm looking for, I ask, God, help me to find this, this thing, whether, you know, and I say, Lord, you know exactly where this thing is. There is not a mystery. Everything is, you see everything. 
And so, Lord, I'm tapping into that wisdom. I'm asking you to lead me right to it. And I'm telling you, as I'm looking, as I'm looking, it might not come right away, but eventually it comes. So the wisdom of God can help us. The wisdom of God. I'm telling you, the wisdom of God can save you heartaches, headaches. Recently, in the last three years, I've talked to two individuals, right? And they were facing some major issues in their lives. They came to me for advice. And I'm telling you, the word of wisdom, one of the gifts of the spirit, came to me and told them, told me exactly how to help them in their situation. And both of the individuals denied, or they at the time they said they received it, but functionally they ignored that wisdom and they both are still in a big, huge mess. I'm telling you, God wants to help his children, but you have to want, want it for yourself. I, as your pastor, can cannot make decisions for you. I can guide you. I can help you to receive guidance. But notice that God does not force his wisdom on anyone. There are times that I see people in their situation and I see the wisdom of God <clears throat> can help them out, but I know that they're not going to receive it. So sometimes I, I'll, I'll just be impressed just to pray and not say anything. Other times I'll be impressed to say something. And if I say it and they don't receive it, it's up to them. But God can help you with your kids. Listen to this. God can help you with your kids. He can help you with your money, your marriage, your singleness, your job, your schoolwork. He is a present help in the time of need. He will not make you take his help, but he is there to help you. Okay, so I'm almost finished. I kind of went over my time, but I want to give you four ways in which to obtain wisdom. Four ways to obtain wisdom. All right, the first one, all right, I'm going to, the first one is to study the word of God. And that's based out of Psalm 1, to study the word of God. That's the first way in which you can obtain wisdom. It's to study the scripture, Psalm 1. The second is to get around wise people and listen to them. Proverbs 13, 21 simply says that he that is wise walk with wise people. So you have to take some time to get around wise people. Okay. All right. The next one is to obey what you see in the word and what you hear from God. James 1, 25. Obey what you see in the word and what you hear from God the Lord by his spirit. And last is to pray for wisdom and receive it. To pray for wisdom and receive it. And that's based off of James chapter one. All right, let me give you this last scripture before I let you go. James chapter one. James chapter one. James chapter one, verse five through eight. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. It will be given him. But let him ask in faith without, with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man and unstable in all of his ways. And so here it tells us how to receive from God, how to receive that wisdom from God. All right. Let me pray with you. Um, as we go to the Lord in prayer.
Lord, I thank you for this wisdom. I thank you for the wisdom of God being available to us. I thank you that we're not without direction. We're not without help. Thank you for the wisdom of God. In Jesus' name, amen. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.